Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much for your support. We worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. here at St. John's Lutheran Church in the heart of downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia. Know that you're always welcome to our table and to our worship. God bless. And we hope you enjoy today's message. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing... He sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before me, before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated, and the children are welcome forward to hang out with us today. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. So I hear you've been doing some fun things every week, talking about Isaiah. I heard you got to play with Play-Doh, and um, I can't remember what last week was. Oh, last week was Play-Doh. Okay. What was the week before that? Oh, free writing. It was the free writing exercise. Um, So uh, I'm sorry to say what technically you should be doing this week, which um, some of you educators might love, but is that you're supposed to, like, look and look at the verbs. Like, look at the reading from Isaiah. Like, we're going back to grammar here. And find the verbs and who's doing them. And No, sorry. No. (laughs) Uh, Your your pastor is giving that to the people at St. Thomas. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I'm sorry. I just couldn't. I didn't didn't really feel like showing you my great flaw. (laughs) Maybe I I should have been smart and thought about bringing a teacher up and sitting with me. And having a dialogue sermon. Instead, okay, different reading strategy. Different reading strategy. Um, ish. So I want you to, if you feel so comfortable, to close your eyes. And I want you to think about what would the world look like if we lived in God's ways? Think about what would the world look like If we lived how you understand God's ways and think about your day, like go through a day 
From the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, and think about the many places you go, what you do for work, the people you encounter. What would the world look like if you lived in God's ways? fun to look at you, because the first thing I thought about as it got super quiet was peace. <laughs> um, just peace. And I watched your faces, and you actually were smiling, too. Not that you don't smile when you're sitting here, but just, I mean, going right to, there's some happiness, maybe. What are some, and I'm sorry, audience participation time, what were some things you thought about? What would the world look like if we lived in God's eye? 1953. You know, there's good reasons for that and bad reasons for that. Right? What else? No hunger. No hunger. No cars. No cars? Okay. No cell phones. No cell phones. Yeah. What else? Kindness. Kindness. No more wars. Less grumbling. Less grumbling. Compromising. Gratitude, joy. Any other concrete things? Educators, what does school look like? When we live Justice. Justice. Peace. Respectful. Belief in God. Everybody got along together. Everybody got along together. Belief in God. Especially inside the building. Especially inside the building. of Isaiah during Advent, and this is a part, but the funny thing about Isaiah is, you know, it's written by more than, it's not just one Isaiah, 
there's three different parts, presumably three different people, at three different times, speaking to different groups of people under different circumstances. So this is between Isaiah 1 and Isaiah 2. And it probably came later. So who Isaiah is talking to, this Isaiah, is the people who were exiled in Babylon. They're away from home. And they're not sure they're going to see their home again, which is sad. And they're living with people who don't live like them, who um, are their captors. How fun does that sound? And Isaiah speaks to them a word of hope. A word about coming home. And it's a good word about coming home. Because part of the reason that they're gone is also because they have not followed God's ways. The first part of Isaiah is not fun. The first part of Isaiah is being told, you have done wrong. You have hurt people. You have forgotten who I have called you to be. So that doesn't feel good. Nor does it feel good to think about the reason that they're not in their home could be because it's their fault. That doesn't feel good either. So there are people who are broken down, who are not feeling so good about where they are, who they are, a bit confused of everything that they thought they knew that defined who they were, i.e. having a king, their own king, having their own temple, all of that's gone. So it's not feeling good. And here they finally get a word that that's not the end of the story, that they're going to get to go home. But they have a calling, and this is the reminder of their calling. They're going to be called to live in a way that cares for others, that is kindness, that is unconditional love, that is peace, that there is no wars, there is all these beautiful things that we just dreamed about. And it's going to be beautiful and amazing. And that's exciting. That's joyful. Can you imagine? It was so easy to tell you, think about this, and you had ideas about what did it look like when we live as God's people. And Isaiah is telling them that's going to happen. You're going home. You're going to go to a place, your home, and you're going to live as my people again. And that's how it's going to look. Did that happen? <coughs> kind of, sort of, not really. Right? Because we're human beings. We haven't got it totally figured out yet. Nor are we going to totally figure it out yet. <coughs> The interesting thing about this beautiful piece of Isaiah, when we think about it, again, that is written to the Jewish people, but as Christians, we also hear words of hope and promise, because we are a part of our Jewish brothers and sisters, so we get to hear the promises for them that are also for us. So, my friends, we understand this. 
we understand this, looking at a Messiah who has come already. The funny part about Advent is already not yet applies. We're not just waiting on baby Jesus, six pound, eight ounce, little baby Jesus. Jesus has come and has been broken among us. And we are waiting for the ultimate day when he comes again and brings justice and everything as we would hope it would be. However, as Christians, we look at that already piece to say, what do we pray? Every Sunday, maybe you prayed at home, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Martin Luther says, the kingdom comes, God's will happens even without us, thanks be to God. But we pray also that God would use us to make those glimpses happen. So it is Advent. And Advent is the time where we are waiting, but we are also welcomed to be a part, a part of this kingdom coming. It's already here. How do we see glimpses of it? How do we become glimpses of it? Because we're called, just like the Jewish people here in Isaiah, to live as a certain kind of people. Each and every one of us. And that's promise and joy. When I read the commentaries for this week, uh, one of the commentators accused us of being very good at uh, thinking of the kind of hardships when things aren't right. We're really good at that. We can quickly set go to, well, that's all fine and good, but these things can't happen. The, 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 we're not going to see, we have an excuse. These things can't happen. I mean, it would all be great if there were no wars. It would all be great, and we can't control that. Oh well. But that's not our calling as Christians. Our calling isn't to say, oh well. It's to say, we have a promise, which is joyful and good, and we have an invitation, invitation, to be a part of making these things happen to the best of our ability and our gifts. So even here in Isaiah, where you get at verse 3, there's a little bit of scariness, right? When we think about, for those folks coming back to a new place, which is home, which will be a new place, because it's not going to look like it used to. Well, well, maybe we're not ready for that. Have you ever been in one of those moments? Where you want something good to happen, but then you go, I don't know how that's going to happen. What do I have to do? I want this to happen, but it's going to take some work on my part. That's not fun. And yet, we're called in joy and promise, and called with God's help, to come to these new places of living as God's people. And it takes work sometimes, but it's the joy and the promise that we're given. It's joy and promise. Joy and promise. Are you feeling joy? When I preach, I don't feel like I make you feel joy usually. I'm always social justice bent. 
What I want you to hear today and think about, though, is this promise. This is good news. Your God has come. Has come, is present, will come. That's all the grammar we're doing today. <laughs> has come, is present, is present in you, in the world. There are good things happening that are in God's ways. I know. I turn on the news some days. I know what you see. But how much differently if we think about or look for the things where God is present? We don't like that bent. That doesn't sell. It doesn't sell on Fox News very well. But if we look and think about promise, promise, hope, joy, look at the world that way. And this is the easiest time of year to find it. The easiest time of year. Because even if you don't go to church, we all sort of love each other at Christmas. We try just a little bit harder. I was telling my people last week, I'm noticing people letting me go at stop signs that that just doesn't happen. Someone's holding the door. This is it. This is God present. This is us living at our best. This is the season. Thank God for this season, right? This is the season that many of us pastors say, we hope you remember this the other 11 months of the year. We're a people who have a word that our God has come, that our God wants to be with us, that our God wants us to live in love as our God loves. That's a good promise and a good promise to hold on to. May we think about that beautiful exercise I just gave you. Start your day out that way. What would my day look like if I lived in God's ways today? Because that changes everything. It's who God wants you to be for the sake of the world. And that's a beautiful thing. And in this season, we're invited into that. May we remember to do that. May we remember all those beautiful things we hoped and envisioned. And may you remember that you're invited to make that possible. Because that's who you're called to be. Amen? Amen. Amen.